We want to give a special thanks this week to Battle Bards for helping us enhance the soundscape of our story. You can add more music and sounds to your games by going to BattleBards.com, where you can purchase individual tracks or the BattleBards Prime subscription service. BattleBards Prime gives you access to all the BattleBards tools, including their soundboard, mixer, cast, and more, along with a 20% discount on all purchases. Use promo code SKYRENPODCAST, all one word, to help us out along the way. Thanks, and may your story always continue. Hello, Sky Friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrim. The ardent light from the green and yellow flames of the bulb dances along the deep lines on the Hollow Queen's face as she turns the cores of the slain baron in her hands. Wisps of light seem to move at her command as they intertwine with the smooth cores. Her eyes drift with a vacant focus as she works. It feels like only hours since you defeated the reptilian beasts, but who knows how long that has been back in Capris. Your wounds certainly feel recent enough. Darvin and Iolana, the wounds are tender and may leave scars, but it's nothing you haven't experienced before. Aranus, though, your wounds have closed with the telltale bone plating of the withering. Rather than watch the Hollow Queen at work, Escape keeps her eyes on the three of you. She has a look of curiosity and longing. The Hollow Queen, without turning from her work, begins to speak to you as if in the middle of a story. The flame has been here for longer than I can remember. At one time, we worshipped him like a god, believing he gave us life. We emerged from the ground, seemingly to be drawn here. Of course, a god would draw his children to him. Why wouldn't he? (sighs) That all changed when we met your kind and saw your souls intertwined with the flames. From the smallest child to the most grand of the gods, we could see your threads connected. How could he be a god? 
If we have no connection, how could we truly be alive without a soul? And so we have become what we are now, the vacant. The Baron, whom you've met, are the most displeased with our state. They're envious of your souls, willing to do whatever it takes to claim one. The Fallow are more eager for a soul, but believe they can be earned. They're like escape here. I... <laughs> I've been all three in my time, several times over. Right now, I identify as one of the void, content to be empty. Time will no doubt change that when the longing for a soul finds me again. You four have no idea how fortunate you are to be connected, to have a soul, to exist on purpose. That is what we vacant seek and what none have achieved. Oh, <laughs> but listen to me ramble on. Come, you must be eager to move on. You have places to go, gods to meet, loved ones to save. Come, come, let's, let's get you tethered. Escape takes the cores from the Hollow Queen and passes them out silently, staring into your eyes. Thanks to your previous actions, you have five tethers, six if you use the one from Snowvale. Did you give her the one from Snowvale? Yolana would prevent that from happening. Would or wouldn't? Would. Okay. Yeah, so Yolana would, because I believe also Yolana is the one who has it and hasn't told anyone. Yeah. Yes, yes. None that's of, true. Yeah, okay. none of us know. So then you've got five. I just wanted to make sure that was explicit at some point. So attuning to these isn't like an ordinary magic item. If you're ready to start. We, we are not. We need to rest and, and recuperate before we move through. Oh. Escape asks, you're going to be spending more time here with us then. Enough that so that we can go in fully prepared. I don't blame you. It sounds like a perilous journey. Do come back here when you're ready to go. The Hollow Queen will interject. Yes, do come back here when you're ready to leave. Being closer to the flame will make it easier on your travel, especially your travel back. So if you aren't going now, what are you doing with the rest of the day? I want to ask the Hollow Queen more questions about the bulb. Okay. That's totally doable. Iolana and Darwin, do you have anything you want to do with the rest of the day here? Nothing here comes to mind. Okay. Iolana's going to want to check her notebook, see if Father's provided any responses to her recent missives. Oh, yeah, that's right. Beyond that, I mean, this place is new and weird. Okay. She's going to start just like samples of snow. Doesn't melt like normal snow. That sort of like weird sciencey stuff that someone who's a interested in how the world works would be mm -hmm. doing okay maybe finding a volunteer to give a blood sample like really Jeez. just like weird and shit a volunteer to give a blood sample yeah that's <laughs> fun times all right let's stick with arnis and the hollow queen for now darvin and iolana you're more than free to stay there and listen to this conversation and interject if you want cool stan but if Iolana's going to yeah. wander off to go read her notebook and ask people if she can stab them, that's <laughs> up to her. Iolana will remain for the conversation before going off to do her sciencey stuff. Okay, okay. So then, yeah, 
Aranis, what do you got to say? What else can you tell me about the bulb? I'm sorry, the flame. Um, it's quite all right. The bulb, the knot, the flame. <sighs> Been here for ages and ages. It provides magic to those who are patient, and it connects everything together. It's, it's where magic comes from. It's where souls are connected. It is part of the fabric of life. It's one reason why we worshipped him for a while. But that ignorance has been lifted from us, and it is now no more than a tool. A very important one, but a tool. Do you know how it got here? Uh, I do not. It has been here longer than I have existed. And a tool for what? For creating magic items, like your tethers, among other things. It has taken a very long time to perfect the craft. Anything? I think that's pretty much it. I don't I don't particularly have anything else I can ask her. If like she doesn't really seem to know much about it except that she can use it for certain things. Well, I don't know. So, what does Arnus want to know? I don't I don't know. I like <laughs> I, I what he's really interested in, she doesn't know. So I I want to know like how it got here. <laughs> oh. Like how did something that we've seen in the real world get here? That's what I want to know, but she doesn't have that answer. Oh, I guess I can I'm, ask her, is there anybody hang on. <laughs> hang on. Um, is there anybody that <laughs> might know more about the bulb than you do? And like how it came to be here? You would have to ask somebody who existed before it did then. Oh. I'm not sure who that would be. A god, no. presumably. Yeah. Well. But less difficult than you'd think. Oh, I don't find it difficult. We've seen many. Yeah. Yeah, for them, the bulb, this has been here forever. Yeah. Um, one last question. What do you know about Pathox? I've met him several times. A very, uh, I don't want to say flighty. That makes him sound too inattentive. A very... Willful God, always willing to do what it takes to follow his desires. <laughs> he came here several times and has been here more often in recent past. Not exactly sure for what, but yes, not the worst of them by far. Why do you ask? Because we know that Papox has a connection to this place. But we don't exactly know what it is. We assumed that he created it, but it's sounding like maybe that's not the case. Perhaps he did. It existed before I did, but no, I don't think that would be entirely accurate. Yeah. I'd say it's more he claimed this place. Oh, from whom? I wouldn't know. From us, if we could own such a thing. Huh. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And he'll he'll kind of like wander away. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> like 
like he's not really done thinking about it, but can't think of what else to ask. And so he just kind of starts vaguely taking steps away from her. <laughs> All right. Are you leaving? Not, I'm not really leaving the area. Just kind of okay. like, I guess I'm done with that. Maybe plop down in the snow and keep thinking. <laughs> okay. Okay. Darwin, Iolana, anything? We brought just the tethers or just the soul stone, for lack of a better term, back with us, right? Not the bodies themselves. Of the Baron? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, those bodies are gone. They, they disintegrate when you kill them. Yeah. And leave only the cores behind. Okay. It's very interesting. What? Why? Because bodies don't do that. Bodies lie dead and decompose. All snow creatures do that, though. Yeah, snow creatures are weird. How does that work? Oh, you're like being Iolana right now. I'm sorry. I was like, <laughs> um, I was like, honey, you you know how this works. It's one of the <laughs> mechanics of the game. <laughs> um, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I think Iolana is as as Arnis finishes their inquiry, kind of perks up with the like, how does you know being slightly sciency and definitely magicy over here. Is curious how the biology of these creatures works, and because my charisma's not horrible, um, <laughs> so I'm not stupid enough not to mine, say, though. "Hey, how do how are you alive?" Ilana instead is going to say, "So we've ended the lives of a few of your kind, and they always kind of transition into a state of snow. How, how does that work?" Um. It is from where we come, and it is where we return. Oh. It's, it's either wonderful in its simplicity, or it's just another sign that we are incomplete. We exist, and then we don't. So, if knowing what I know about snow, if you were to, say, go out of this realm and stand in a desert, would you melt? I think she has a concept of desert. <laughs> We're going to find out. No, I think she has a concept of a desert, but what she lacks, of course, is firsthand knowledge or even secondhand knowledge. Uh, so she says that would have to be something that uh, a brave one attempts on their own. We don't have your deserts here. We only have this for as far as I can see and for as far as I've traveled. Okay. On a similar thought process. You don't have deserts, but I mean, you must have encountered fire at some point. If you were to like hold a torch against yourself, do you melt? Oh, yes, of course I've encountered fire. <laughs> she laughs a little bit as she looks at the bulb. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that doesn't melt us. I think between your experience with these people and Darwin and Aranis's previous experience in the Grayscape and with these people, like snow is just the easy term that you have for what they're made of. Got it. Because that's what it looks like and that's what it feels like, but it's not cold. So it's just like, I don't know if you can imagine. Yeah. Snow that doesn't, that isn't cold and doesn't melt. If sand stuck together. Got it. Okay. You, you want is then going to ask if, um, if there, hmm, how do I ask this? Part of me just wants to ask, can I cut off your finger and experiment on it? But I'm not going to ask that. That doesn't sound right at all. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Arnis, that. as he is like, he's nearish what's happening, uh -huh. would stop you from. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Next question. Um, when you all die, do you always return to that 
snow form instantly? From what I know, yes. I've not seen or heard it in any other way. Interesting. Are you trying to capture someone? No, I'm just, I'm fascinated by the fact that it appears that you're animated in such a different biological way than what is known outside of this realm. I'm trying to understand it. Yes, and when you die, you leave behind a body. It is very different from what we experience. Yes, but what we experience is kind of the common or the expected experience amongst most creatures in our realm. You are the... your realm, yeah. You are, based on our understanding, the biological anormality. Yes, well, the more we come to learn about your realm, the more we understand how abnormal we are. Okay. Well, um, should we have more time? I'd love to see if we can arrange an ability for me to run some study of your people. Well, you have as much time here as you wish. As far as volunteers go, you would have to find them. Got it. Thank you. And that's kind of all Yolana's got at this point. Okay. Darvin, anything? Not currently. All right, all right. So since you're waiting until you've had a rest, what are people doing with the rest of the day? Or are we just going to go right ahead to tomorrow? I got nothing else that I'm doing. Same. I'm checking my book, and then I'm going to spend the day in meditation in preparation for traveling to the realm of the dead. Okay. That sounds fine. You walk up out of the the bottom of the tangled alcove where the bulb exists and where the hollow queen takes up residence. You return to the city proper, and many of the snowkin, or the vacant as they call themselves, are... Well, after you've had that talk with the Hollow Queen, the more you see it, the more you get the sense that they are play-acting life. Like, they have come to know how things work in your realm, and they are trying to mimic that. That's why their houses are, like, incomplete or, like, haphazard. That's why they're gathering here in, like, a city-type fashion, as opposed to just being here. From what you can tell, they don't sleep. There's not really weather so much to speak of. I don't think anybody here in this group would know it, but what damage was started when Patches was killed seems to have slowed, at least, or come to a pause. But if we're ready to go to tomorrow, let's go to tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Get all your shit back, people. Clear out your temps, max up your health, load your crossbows. So taking some time to rest here in the grayscape to heal up from your wounds, and to take in everything that's happened today, you now find yourselves returning to the Hollow Queen at the bottom of the Tangled Alcove. And she sits there, just as she did yesterday, eyes glazed over, staring into the fire. Welcome back. It is wonderful to see you all again. I trust you are now ready to proceed. Yes. Okay. So as a uh, as escape was interrupted before, since you all had so much you wanted to do, as you start attuning to these tethers, you all quickly realize that this is not like attuning to other magic items. This isn't just a simple connecting and understanding. It's a test. Not a test. It's a struggle. There's something fighting back with it. So... 
everyone Uh-oh. make an intelligence saving throw. Oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Gonna start off hard. Oh, Jesus. This is not my best. Um, I have a zero, so... <laughs> I got a plus eight. <laughs> See, I knew somebody was smart. Okay, let's go down this list here. Oh, oh, it's not so bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Iolana. Oof. That's a 15. Darvin. Six. Ay, ay, ay. Aranus. 12. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Which way do we want to start here? We're going to start with Darvin. Darvin, as you begin the attuning process, you see flashes of the cavern back in Capris. Tethering your body and your soul to this stone makes the connection with the rest of your body so much stronger. And you see things moving in fast pace. People coming in and out. The cavern beginning to get cleared. Walls starting to be set up. The dwarves, who are not too far withered, are hard at work. This is a new place for them to set up. And this is seemingly a new area that needs to be protected. Along with that, you also see those large drops of water that had been hanging in the sky turn into streams and floating clouds of water. And you feel more present back in your body in Capris than you ever have before. But something is keeping you from being able to just move and walk. But you do find that like, you're able to look around. You do find that you're able to speak. Hmm. And it is at this time that Felicity shows up amidst the swirling pace. And time seems to slow back down to a normal pace. And Felicity reaches up and places a hand on your arm. (sighs) Darvin, I always come down here hoping that someday you'll be back. But I don't know when that is. It's, (laughs) It's not easy here. The sky is filling with water. The people are dying. Something is happening out at sea. I wish I knew, but I have had absolutely no luck talking with my God. I try and try, but they're not there. And now I come here and you're not here. You're more than free to talk if you want, Darvin. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> she doesn't know that you're present at the moment. I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to say that. Don't freak out, but I'm sort of here. Oh, you can. Oh, good. I mean, Samudio's told me that he's been able to come down here and talk with you sometimes. I was getting a little worried that you were only talking to him. <laughs> no, no, no. Where, where are you? Like, how, how much more time do you need? It's been months. Months? How I many can... months? Several. I don't... Like, mm, oh, probably like four or five. Wow. It's only been like two days for us. What? I think we're probably going to need more than two more days. Well, the commander's been keeping guard down here. If rumors are true, she's not the only one. What do you mean? 
Well, people say they see shadows or hear voices down here, but nothing seems to be coming from it. So I'm assuming that's fine. You know, there are other means of keeping protection over this space. So when will you be back? Like, when will you be back? How much more time do you need? I wish I knew, but like, we literally just got here. It's getting started, I think. I hope it's not too much longer. So too. I'll be back to check on you again. Hopefully you I'll can try hear and me. wake up again. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to talk to Felicity about? Um, the thing she said about the sea, was that stuff we already knew? Um, no. I thought that sounded new. So I'll ask her about that. What's, what's going on at, or out at sea? Well, I... At first, Samudio was saying that the island was getting closer, but I mean, it, maybe it is, but it also seems like the shore is getting bigger. This, I'm guessing the water in the air has to come from somewhere, and if it's coming from the sea, that would at least explain things. But yeah, the dock, the dock is almost entirely dry now. Where? I mean, not to be too blunt, but there's bigger concerns than where the beach starts right now. Sure, but that's got to be related. It could be. I, I just don't have the answers here. Me neither. Well, good luck, Darvin. I hope you, I hope you stay safe, Darvin. We will. You too. I hope to see you again for real at some point. You will. Wonderful. She gives your arm a light squeeze, and she's going to head out. And uh. Oh, okay. Do we want to go to Aranis or Iolana next? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to go to Iolana next to show what a success looks like. <laughs> Sorry, Aranis. Yeah. Iolana, you feel yourself being more connected to your physical body back in Capris as well. But unlike Darwin, you actually find that you do have some freedom of movement here. It's as if the grayscape is just a very thin veil in the back of your sight. And as you look around, indeed, this place has changed. Walls are coming up. It's starting to look like a proper like space. Like I don't want to say like a dungeon or like a cell, but just like a stone room here in which there's you and the portal and a very grumpy, a very thinning churlet as someone I don't think that Iolana has had the pleasure to interact with too much. Oh. But whom we all remember as the orc companion of Ezabeth. Mm -hmm. And he walks into the room and he eyes the three of you standing there, seemingly still, seemingly unresponsive. And he comes up to you and starts looting through your bags. He's looking for something. He's not taking everything. He's looking for something specific. How much can I interact in this world? How much do you want to interact? Well, I want to start by simply yelling in his head psychically, stay out of my stuff. Okay, absolutely. As I said, like you've got some freedom of movement here, but like talking, okay, not a problem. You shout into his head and he reels back and, ooh, no, he's, he's a magician. He's not, he's not a fighter. He pulls something out of one of his pockets. It appears to be a small satchel of some kind. And he unties a string that's around it 
and just kind of like shakes it in his hand a little bit and you see a small puff of glowing smoke emerge out of it and he's going to he's going to reel back as if to throw it directly into your face and as his hand begins to move forward it stops seemingly stopped jerked back by an invisible force as you see Huracan, your father begin to emerge into sight and he is not pleased at all that somebody is about to mess with his daughter and you see your father slowly begin a storm around Churlet as and the winds get faster and more intense and it is brutal to watch i'm sure you've seen him do this to people before but mm-hmm. never somebody who's been afflicted with the withering and instantly Churla as his body begins to desiccate more and more and he is freaking the hell out what are you doing uh, i'm gonna ask because I, I don't care if my father kills him at this point i just want to ask uh what did you come for and that i will say out loud so that both myself and my father can hear the answer okay i don't think they would have responded telepathically anyways yeah, they can't uh, yeah and they're just too freaked the fuck out. Uh, he says, I was sent for information. I was told you had it. And he, he begins to talk more. And your father's whirlwind does not stop. Charlotte lets out like a gasping breath and wants to fall down. But your father continues to hold his arm up. And Churlet is hanging there, almost like a rag doll from his hand at this point. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just going to be really kind of matter of fact, and I'm going to say, um, "Thank you, Father. I believe uh, I believe he's dead." And your father says, "Not quite yet." And the winds intensify, and Churlet freezes to bone in his arm, and your dad lifts him up throws him against the wall and he breaks um don't worry about it you i got your message i've been making sure nobody interferes thank you father i believe we are much closer to finding Vale. excellent and if you can find out how this as he motions over to the pile of rubble where churlet as now lies if you can find out how to do that to a specific target, we'd be very pleased. I understand how that could be advantageous for the guild. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you, Scott. Mm-hmm. The things that Churlet was going through, are those things that were on our person? Like, would they have affected us in the other realm? Like, or is that something I wouldn't be able to figure out right now? If he'd gotten away with it, perhaps you would, you would understand. Like you, if you'd gotten away with it, you'd be able to know if something missing here meant something missing there. Okay. But because your father stopped him, uh, you don't know. I mean, and you haven't gone back yet. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. I want to keep this, but I know how important it is to the guild. So um, while I have my father, um, I'm mm-hmm. going to tell him that uh, I'm going to tell him about the item that I possess. And Which that is one? the celestial memory gloves. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, 
specifically, uh, you know, kind of a truncated version of the story of the fact that in my quest for Vale, I came across this item uh, that I came stole. Across. No, I'll, I'm going to be honest with them that I took from one of the celestials that came for the, uh, what do we call it? The meeting? Yeah, from the meeting. And that I do believe they would help me, but if you or the guild believes that it would be better that they're not here, it might be in our best interest that you take them and keep them safe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your father's the one who told you about that, I, about those, right? Mm, I don't know. I don't actually okay. remember that. I think okay. I just stole them. Well, I know you stole them. Except just, you knew what they were when you stole them. Yeah. So I want to say oh, yeah, somebody so, prompted yeah. you to go steal them. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm remembering, I'm remembering it now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Your father says, hmm, yes, they would be very useful for us and very dangerous in somebody else's hands. If you wish me to keep them for now, I can keep them safe. Knowing how vulnerable we seem to be here, I think that may be the best course of action. Okay. He takes those gloves and puts them right on. And puts them on. Wow, that's intense. Uh, yeah. As far as he's concerned, there's no safer place than in his own hands. Yeah, I get that. As he puts them on, tugging them down at the base of the gloves. Be safe in there. Get what you're after. And I expect to see you again. Very well. Thank you, Father. Anytime, you. And he vanishes into the darkness. My dad is such a badass. Hey, you're the one who said I want a genie daddy. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> okay. Aranus. Yeah. Roll the 12, huh? Oh, no. I, I crit. You didn't hear no. that part? Oh, your mic must have cut out at that oh. very exact moment and yeah, somehow and it sounded, inserted it a 12. Like 12, but actually I, it was a 20. You went 12-ty. <laughs> no, I, I got a 12. Yeah, I, I did okay. that. Arnis, you have an experience very much like Darwin, seeing people moving in fast motion, seeing the room around you be built, and finding yourself more connected with your body. And just like Darwin, unable to really move, except to look around and to speak. And the moment for you, where everything slows down and becomes more real, Ikiri is standing in front of you, and he's reaching a hand out to M as if to like play some of the strings, which he does. He just like plucks a few and it's a very, you know, sloppy chord. He may know how to play music, but he doesn't know how to play M, especially not when you're holding her still. And he looks frustrated, just starts like, he just starts complaining at you. Ardis, I demand that you come back. I need you to perform for me again. It's been too long and I am too lonely. You need to hurry up. Mistress Sangal already tried to play and she failed, of course. It seems you're more capable at making M sing than anybody. So come back. Can I talk? Yeah. Please don't touch my lute. I'm paying you to perform for me. I expect you to perform. I, no acknowledgement of the fact that I suddenly started talking when I haven't been in all this time. There's like a slight look of surprise on his face, but he's a very selfish person and he's focusing on himself right now. Clearly. Uh, I got, uh, I have more pressing matters to take care of. 
Is there somebody else who could play your lute? No. Hmm. There's got to be other like musicians around. Why don't you just pay one of them? Very well. I will pay them to come down here and play your lute. No, 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 no. I mean, pay them to play their instrument. This one is mine. Other instruments don't sing. Other instruments don't have M. I need you. I need your lute to play. Okay, I'm just going to I'm going to throw this out there and you're not going to like it, but you're being really selfish right now. <laughs> and you're withholding your gifts. No, I'm not. I'm using them elsewhere. <laughs> well, I will be waiting. I expect a great performance when you come back. Okay. <laughs> just know that my patience is running out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're such what he wants jerk. me to do. I'm not coming back. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I'm eventually, but I'm not just gonna like drop all this shit I'm in the middle of and like. <laughs> and she's okay. like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Akiri wants me to play a concert. I gotta go back." He thinks you would, but you know that's him. I well, he's an asshole. So. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I know. He, <laughs> I was he was yeah, made I mean, to be an asshole. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not doing it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go back to doing my thing now, I guess. He's very frustrated and like walks out and slams the door behind him. Oh my God. A petulant child is petulant. <laughs> where, where, where? Duh. You're such an RNS. <laughs> okay. Back in the grayscape, the attuning process continues. This time... Rather than taking a toll on your minds, it seems to be taking a toll on your bodies. Everybody roll a constitution saving throw. Oh, dear. You're just really, uh, (laughs) really, uh, they're not the big guns, huh? Good. That's good. (laughs) People are constitutional, right? Holy hell. That was a nice roll. It's not, it's not mine, but it's a nice (laughs) roll. Except for the last one. Nope. All right. I got exactly the same. All right. Let's go the other way this time. Aranus, what'd you get? 12. Oh, that's just as good as last time. Yep. <laughs> Darvin. 21. Whoo, see? And Ilana. I've got a nice gentleman's 12 also. Gentleman's <laughs> <laughs> 12. I bowled a gentleman's 60. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Darvin's the one who passed this time. So this time we'll start with Darvin, because we know what success and failure look like now. So we'll jump into somebody who can actually be active. Darvin. Yes. You come to back in the now very well-crafted room in the cavern in Capris. And Samudio is there. Your friends are as well, of course, still. And Sam in his Tamani form looks worried or scared and he sees the light come into your eyes and he sees you kind of shift as you gain some motion (sighs) darvin so glad somebody's here (sighs) man this withering thing at first it was bad now it's just scary capris is just a city of statues now those who aren't afflicted are trying to leave, are hiding, afraid, 
Elizabeth is furious. She won't leave her dragon form. I don't know if she can anymore. She can't move as much as she used to, but she certainly commands things around here. Count Vera, Countess Arena, they're, they're gone. Their bodies are still in the Driftwood house, but it's only because we don't know what to do with them. Them and everybody else who's changed. Baron Misha's still around. Looks broken. Seen this before. I don't know if you can see it again. I don't know what to do. I need you all back. Is he done? Oh yeah, he's done. He, okay. he like takes a very deep breath and just uh, lowers his head. You see his ears droop down. And you said I can speak, right? Oh yeah. I mean, you can speak and move. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sam, how long has it been? Uh, close to half a year now. It was what a month, two seconds yeah. ago. Was it two seconds ago for me? Uh, no, it's taking time back in the grayscape. Like this is all happening over the course of an hour for you. Okay, so it was like an hour ago. Uh, half an hour, That's, maybe. So one question: Is that like you said a year? That's half a year. Half a year. Is that total since the withering starts or since we came through? Since you came through. Okay. I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, yeah no, no, that's fine. No, not since the withering started. He's not keeping track of time that way. Uh, depending on how bad it gets, maybe people will start referring to things as being, you know, after the withering. But for now, he's talking about since you've been gone. All right, Darwin. Um, how are the oceans? <laughs> I'm worried about that sea level. Not rise, but lowering. It's like waves a hand up in the air. Like it's going like it's going up, but not in the good way. It's just going up into the sky. What? Yeah. Uh, he says the, the sky is just filled with rivers, clouds of water, pools. I mean we we're doing our best to keep them outside of the buildings. I see motions are out here because the air is noticeably dry now. But yeah, just as likely to take a breath of water as you are of air. Just got to be careful. Well, that's different. Are y'all almost done over there? It was a month, an hour ago. Now it's been six. I don't know what to tell you. I it hope was so. like four months, an hour ago. <sighs> Is it? Mm -hmm. It was yeah. like four months, half an hour ago. Yeah, that's what they oh. said. And now it's only been six. So it's only been like two months in the last half hour. Mm-hmm. But still, time is passing it's incredibly. Still, not. still, time be weird. Darwin is at a loss for when will be. It could be years. Gosh, I hope not. So do I. I don't think people can hold out that long. I mean, Sicarius is being real helpful. She comes down here, tends to everybody. <sighs> but you know, I know she's not going to stick around forever. Uh, Commander isn't doing so hot, but I don't want to talk about that. Not without Arnus, anyways. Sure, sure. Um, is there anything we can do from over here to help? Probably, but I only wish I knew what. I mean, guarding our bodies. Pretty darn mm -hmm. good start. Yeah, it's pretty safe down here. At least from what I can tell. I'm going to keep at it. I'm, yeah, I'm ready for you guys to come back. I'll see if I can speed it up. Okay. Take care. You too. Thanks.
He'll give you a quick hug. <laughs> what? What, Shannon? What? I miss Sam. <laughs> and he misses you. Okay. Who failed? Everybody else. Mm-hmm. Aranus. Yep. <laughs> Aranus, we're going to go to you now. Mm, can we not? <laughs> no, we certainly can. Can we not and say we did? <laughs> Your eyes open back in the cavern again. In the very well-completed room now, of course. And Cynthia is there. Cynthia Garrulus, your bar owner friend. And she is almost shivering. She has herself wrapped up like scarves and robes and stuff to like cover her skin. And unfortunately, because you failed, the best you can do right now is talk. She stands in front of you and she's shaken. <sighs> Arnis, I'm... I wish you were here. Not, I mean, I don't know what you'd be able to do, but I miss having you around. It's, it's this withering stuff. As she starts to unwrap the, uh, the scarf and stuff around her face, and as she's pulling it back, you see it's covering a good portion of her face, but even more differently than before, it is cracking open, and it looks like it's flaking. I don't know what to do about this. It's, it's not happening to everybody. It's, what happens if it comes off? Am I gone? Am I exposed? I mean, I know you can't heal everything, but it would be nice to have you here to help. Cynthia, I'm so sorry. Have you seen this before? Once, sort of. Where? But Where? Who? Uh, oh, who was it? somebody it cracked and it like came off and it was just like their skin oh that was cynthia yeah that was was that during, was that her before that was also her that was during the bar brawl uh something had hit her and it like cracked and she was yeah. trying to hide it and it came off oh so i guess okay so i guess well no not except on you uh, you're the only one i've seen that happen to it's not happening for you no okay I mean, on the bright side, <sighs> on the bright side, I'm still around. It's, it seems to be going slower. Others are not so lucky. Why are you shivering? I'm scared, Aranus. I can't be scared up there. People will see that I'm weak, that I'm a target. Oh, no. Down here, I feel safe. I, I wish I could come back, but I can't. Well, I hope I'm still around when you do. You owe me a drink. That I do. You probably don't owe her a drink, but she is saying you owe her a drink. Yeah. No, I do. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. Okay. Cynthia wraps herself back up and takes her leave. And then we come to Iolana. Iolana, you also got that 12. Um, excuse me, that gentleman's 12. Oh, sorry. Gentleman's 12. Either way, you're still getting the gentleman's standing still and not able to do stuff. <laughs> That's what a gentleman does. Mm, okay. In which case, as your sight becomes clearer down here in the room in Capris, unlike last time, you find yourself really unable to move. Like It wasn't the easiest thing last time, but it still felt natural now your body is fighting against you. It wants to stay still. You look down at the wall 
where Churlet as had been broken and it's all nice and cleaned up. Whenever it is, it has clearly been long enough for someone to come in and tend to things. And you hear the door slowly open and you hear two pairs of footsteps and you see a light, not a torchlight. You have met this person. So you do recognize the voice of Mistress Sangal as she walks into the room. You see a light coming from her wand as she is, she's like scanning the room. She's passing her wand over things, looking for something. And you hear her say, show yourself, you old genie. I know you're in here somewhere. And sure enough, she eventually finds him through some means of detection. She finds him at the wall opposite your vision. And he just appears the whole time he's been watching over you from there. And she says, there you are. How kind of you to show yourself. I had heard that there was a ghost down here, but that's quite impossible. And then after finding out what happened to Charlotte, it just made sense that it was you down here. We've come for you. Um, and she starts, she's getting ready to cast a spell. You doing anything? Mm, the best I can do is try and figure out. Ooh. Oh, oh, Mistress Sengal. Are you speaking out loud or in her brain? Yes, out loud. Okay. I got to ask. She pauses her magic in like mid wand movement and turns to face you. Ah, awake are you to think people are saying you've abandoned us. I would highly recommend you uh, leave this place. Oh, I've got business to attend to first. But sorry, unless that was an intimidation thing that you're going for. That's the first step towards a broader intimidation. Do you want to roll some dice here to see if she's intimidated by you? Or are you at just willing point, to... Um, at this point, no, because I want to steer into... Um, with no preparation, I'm kind of boned. Uh, sure, we can go ahead and roll it. Okay. It's a 10. She sees that you're attempting to be intimidating, but she senses something is off about you. Maybe not fully understanding that you can't move as freely, but she senses a moment of weakness. She looks at you and says, I'll get to you when it's your turn. Don't worry. I laugh. <laughs> like the whole intent is obviously that moment mm -hmm. where like, the person who you think is beaten starts laughing at you because, and the laugh is that like, I know more than you know laugh. That's what I'm trying to pull off here. Okay. Hmm. Roll. I mean, that sounds like deception to me. Okay. Because the things you know are not in your favor right now. <laughs> oh, well, fuck me. That's a nine. Oof. Mm. If she were a more brazen person, she would walk right up to you and like tap you on the face with her wand. But... She is too smart to know to put herself physically next to dangerous people. And you are dangerous people. But she kind of, she gives you this smirk like, you know, when you're ready. And she turns back to your father. And she starts, she finishes casting her spell and like fires off this blast at him in an attempt to hold him in place. Which your father... We'll say when your father sees this coming, he immediately turns himself into this like windy, gaseous form, and the magic passes through him for a moment. And Mistress Sangal just says, 
perfect. And you see her motion to somebody just outside of your line of sight. You hear the sound of a bass flute begin to play. This very low, very smooth, very hollow sound. It has this very eerie noise to it. And then Mistress Sangal starts chanting something. She starts chanting. And you can see your father's gaseous form begin to have an air current as if it's being pulled away somewhere towards this music. And Mr. Sangal is trying to direct that. What do you do? I can't do anything physically, so I will. I'm going to speak the truth at her, or at least a modified version of it. I will tell her, (laughs) you ignorant fool. You have no idea the weight with which the wrath I can bring down upon you should you continue on the route you're on. Hmm. All right. Do you want to roll another intimidate? Or are you going for something else? Um, I've got nothing really that helps because I'm not prepared. Okay. I didn't know if you had any uh, like psionic things you could do. Give me one quick second. Give me one second. Let me look at the terms here. It's been a while. Um, would you allow me to activate a psionic focus at this point? Perhaps. Uh, I mean, if you've got the focus is the simplest form of psionic ability I could activate. It would be giving myself proficiency in intimidation to improve my ability here. Okay. Um, the nomadic mind focus. Oh, it's a bonus action. Yeah. The psionic oh, I'm sorry. Focus. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at psychic focus. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. You can activate something as a bonus action. Cool. Then, yeah, I'm going to give myself proficiency in intimidation as I, That's as fine. I make, this, make this attempt to intimidate her. And I will roll it. Let's see. Okay. I'm like, crap on all these dice. Let's try a different die. Oh, well, that one's even worse. That's a crit fail. Oh. Oh. Fucking A, man. <sighs> I think Mr. Sangal just doesn't even acknowledge you. She is definitely doing that thing where... You're no threat. I will not pay attention to you. I'm busy. And you see her continuing to chant and to weave this magic as the player of this flute steps closer and gets closer to your father as he is still swirling in the air. And you see probably someone that you, I mean, someone that you have seen in the city, but perhaps didn't pay too close attention to. This is Ismara Delvkin. She's one of the dwarves who have arrived for the meeting, and she is playing this bass flute. And your father is letting out a pained cry as the magic in the flute and the magic from Mistress Sangal weave around him, pulling him in to the flute. And as he is contained and trapped, Mistress Sangal turns to you and says, You have no idea how valuable. This man can be. You have no idea who you just pissed off. I will bring down the weight upon all that I can to see that not only I get him back, but you and all of yours are dead. (sighs) Well, we'll be waiting. And the pair of them leave. Okay. How's everybody feeling so far? Fuck you, Scott Blake. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to give you a chance there, buddy. Uh, Nate and Shannon? Oh, just, uh, you know, the usual. Feeling like I killed the world, because, you know, I fucking did. So... I don't know what you're talking about. That's where I'm at. 
I do not know what you're talking about, Shannon. In case, you know, Arnis forgot. Thank you for reminding him, apparently. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Nate, how are you doing? Um, you know, all right. Cool. Darvin doing all right? Yeah. Okay. In which case, we come to the final stage of attunement to these tethers. Everybody roll a wisdom saving throw. Really? No charisma? Come on. I'm just kidding. I, I don't know how you charisma a stone. I'm, just, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. This last part is more about your force of will, which I God imagine... damn it! Oh, no! <sighs> Motherfucker. <sighs> Not a Darvin. crit fail. <laughs> oh, God, did you... again. Arnis, you crit failed? No, no, it's not a crit fail. Oh, okay, good. No. But what was it? No, but it's it's only a 13. Ilana? Mm. 17. Damn it. Okay. I feel very bad now, Arnis. I'm sorry. Okay. We're going to start this time with Ilana. Ilana, fueled off of the fury of seeing your father captured, which is like... Oh, the worst thing that you can do to a genie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they fucking hate it. <laughs> if you don't kill everybody, he will find a way to do it himself. But he mm-hmm. needs to get free first. Fueled off of that, your will solidifies, and you find yourself back in the room one final time. Sconces have been placed. There's a nice rug on the wall. They wanted to put one on the floor, but nobody really wants to move you. And you hear a voice from behind you. I don't know if you've met this person before. Possibly, possibly not. I think you just traveled in different circles within the guild. Um, What's your rank in the guild? Mm, Technically, I don't have a rank in the guild because the Inquisition is a separate. Uh, And I never served in the guild before I became an Inquisitor. So my rank in the guild would be Inquisitor, I believe. Okay. In which case, you hear a voice uh, walking up from behind you. Inquisitor Ilana. So glad to finally meet you. I've heard about what happened to your father. Terrible business. Terrible. And he walks in front of you, and he's wearing this very nice dark cloak and introduces himself to you. My name is Jorion. Vale was a pupil of mine. Yes, we've met. You have? Yeah, he provided all the information I needed when I initially investigated in Karami. Oh, oh, that's right. So you do know this person. Mm-hmm. So you, it took a moment, but yes, you recognize Jorion's voice. Uh, in which case he doesn't say it's so good to finally meet you. Inquisitor Iolana, so good to see you again. Heard about that terrible business with your father. It's a shame. We'll certainly try to amend matters there. But we do have other priorities as well. I came here to see how close you were to finding Vale. Well, I believe after all I've experienced recently, that is a relative term. (laughs) Hmm. You see, we seem to be on, for lack of a better way of putting it, different timelines. (sighs) I physically, in this space, my consciousness, for lack of a better way of putting it, has only seemed to have passed less than two days, and yet seems to have been months that I've been standing here. Yes. Yes, it has been some time based on what I hear outside. If you do find Vale and you're able to bring them back, please inform them they are needed in Karami. I'm, I don't want to say getting old. 
I'm getting worn. I worry that I won't be able to lead the house there much longer, and I need a strong second in command. I need someone to look after the city when I do decide to leave. Mm. Vale's next stop within the guild is not something I have control over. All I know is that I was told to find them and that there was a plan for them. Well, I don't know what other people's plans are, but my plan is to see them return, if they wish. It's not an order. It's a request. I will share with them your request. Is there anything you need me to take back to the guild? Any information? Hmm. Dryan, I have one request, and that is very simple. Should I not survive this task in guild tradition, I ask that my final contract be that of Mistress Sengal's life. Hmm. Not an easy contract by any means, but not impossible. I don't think I would be the one to carry it out, but I guess that all depends on how much time you'd need. Well, it doesn't have to be you, but if I die, I want her head or her life to follow mine. Understood. Okay. Is there anything else? Mm, So I can better understand the time that I'm working with. How long has it been since we stepped through the portal? Hmm. From what I gather from the people outside is true, it's been about nine months. Okay. Hopefully it will not be another nine before you return. Well, from our timeline, it's been less than three days. And I'm hoping that we can return quickly once we've finished what we're currently attempting to do. Very interesting. A place of slowed time. I'll tell the guild that as well. Farewell, Inquisitor. Until next time. May there be a next time. Indeed. I almost feel like that's a traditional assassin farewell. (laughs) It did sound very formalized. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh boy, Darwin and Aranus, you both failed. I, I um, thought Darwin passed. No, I rolled the oh, no, 21. Sorry, 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 sorry. Darwin rolled the 21. So yes, we're going to go to Darwin. Darwin, you have succeeded, which means this may not go bad. Let's hope. May not go bad. I, there's still dice involved, right? Sounds dicey. Okay. Darwin, for one final time, your consciousness comes to rest in your body in Capris. With the grayscape, again, just a thin veil at the fringes of your sight. The room is nicer, it's cleaner, it's more decorated than the last time you were here. Roll a perception check. Okay. Six. In which case, you do not hear the footsteps. And it isn't until you feel a pair of hands placed on either side of your head that you notice somebody else is in the room. What do you do? Uh hands on my head yeah one hand on either side like right by your ears um gonna like see if i turn and see touching my head oh yeah you can definitely turn around and they are caught in a moment of shock i don't think this is someone that you've interacted with before but you've seen them around in capris you certainly remember the face there are a pair of sailors here ostensibly sailors this is hidalgo and pellard and hidalgo the one who had been grasping your head takes a step back with a look of shock. And Pellard is there holding an open sack. Hidalgo says, whoa, whoa, you you weren't supposed to move. Stay still. 
You're not supposed to be in here. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It's all right. If you stay still, I promise this won't hurt. If you leave now, I promise it won't hurt. <laughs> I say with a lot more conviction, not knowing whether or not I can actually fight like this. Oh, that is that is so badass, Darkin. Hidalgo and Pellard pull daggers, and Hidalgo just says, Look, your head is worth a lot, and from what I understand, you don't even really need it, so just let us have it. No, you don't need your head either. Let me have it. Uh, he lunges at you with his dagger. Does a 16 hit your AC? Not quite. Okay. You dodge out of the way from his strike. And Pellard, seeing you now way more mobile than you should be, reaches around behind them and grabs a rope. And is like, oh, we're going to have to tie him down. What do you do? I'm not going to let them tie me down. I'm going to start. I'm going to see if... Man, I don't... Do I have my weapons or are they in the other place? I'm confused. They're here. Okay. They're then. here and there. Nice. Double use. Cool. <laughs> then I guess... Um, well, I'm going to... I'm going to call for help. Yeah, I'm going to call for help just in case there's anyone around. All right. Darvin shouts out for help. Hidalgo and Peller just like, shh, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> but then what do you do? Then I attack. Who do you want to attack? Which one's closer? Hidalgo, definitely. He just lunged at you with a dagger. Hidalgo then. Screw that. <sighs> so All right. Leg sword. Are you ready? Oh, you're going full leg sword here. Yeah, I don't like these guys. What are you doing with the leg? slicing no 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 sorry what are you doing with your human leg oh my human leg right after you take it off right it's gonna hop along with me okay because it's probably gonna be in the yeah it's gonna be the kick oh it's gonna be the kick in your flurry of blows yeah (laughs) i love darvin you ready okay yeah 16 um that'll fit they did not come down here armored. They weren't expecting a big fight. 16. Damage? Yes, 16 damage. Okay. Remind me, what's the uh, the extra damage type from the leg? Slashing. No, um, oh, necrotic, it, necrotic. There we so, go. Uh, so only three of that is necrotic. Oh, that's fine. You slash him across the chest, and blood starts to trickle down, and some of it starts to blacken. He's like grabbing on with one hand, like... In shock and pain. I'm, do you continue? No, I'm going to stop and I'm going to be like, do you still want to do this? Hmm. Offering mercy. I want you to roll something here. Roll. I mean, if this is mercy, I want it to be persuasion with advantage. I would say it's mercy rather than But if it's more like I'm going to finish fucking you up and it's intimidation, then it would be that with advantage. I'll go persuasion. Okay. Both for stats reasons and I feel like it's more accurate. I like it. Go for it. Roll persuasion. Advantage. All right. Wow. That didn't help me very much. Oh, no. I got an eight. I think Hidalgo just looks at you and says, the money's too good. Darwin shrugs his shoulders and uses a key point. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do with this key point? Flurry. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. So first I'm going to tell Hidalgo. Punch. No, I'm going to kick a leg. Oh, you're going to kick? Yeah. So that's a 16. It's going to hit again. This leg hopping over from the side. Okay. So that's eight damage. And it knocks him down to his knees. 
You're going to keep attacking him? Yeah. Like, All not right. incapacitated, just on his knees, right? Yeah, like, he's, he's fallen down to his knees. He's very hurt. One more kick. I am going for non-lethal. Okay. Your kick can definitely be non-lethal. So that's also a 16. On fire tonight, yeah. Right? Kick him. Six damage. Okay. Your leg hops up and kicks Hidalgo in the head, and Hidalgo flops over onto his back. Knocked out. So I'm going to turn on the other dude. Pellard. Pellard. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to try that mercy again. Um, I've, I think that's that a little too good? much for one round. Okay. He saw right, you right, off right. the mercy. I forgot. I forgot. I don't yeah. know friends like that. <laughs> they still have actions that they want to do. I forgot they get turns. He saw you offer mercy to Hidalgo, and Hidalgo turned it down, and now you've knocked him out. So Pellard is going to quickly tie a knot into the rope, like a lasso, and throw it at your leg. <sighs> How does your leg get to defend against this? Oh, the leg itself? Yeah, he's trying to lasso your free leg. Oh. Your free leg just kicked a dude unconscious. Yeah, he wants to neutralize that. Make a deck saving throw with <laughs> disadvantage. Okay. It's detached from you, so... Disadvantage, I got a 14. Okay. The lasso cinches firmly around your leg, just at the knee, and he starts reeling your leg in, which I assume is still fighting and kicking all the way. Yes. <laughs> so Pellard is wrestling with your leg now and trying to get it into this sack, <laughs> which it takes a moment, but he does. And then he like flings it over his shoulder, and there's this bag just kicking and flopping along his back. And he looks at you and says... He wanted the head, but maybe the leg's good enough. What do you do? I'm going to attack him. He's got my leg. Yeah, he does got your leg. That jerk. All right, go for it. This is with the sword? Yeah, you spring on over. I got a 25. Jeez. Yeah, that hits. So that will deal 14 damage. Ooh, nice. He turns the sack containing your leg away, so your leg blade just like scrapes him all down his other arm. The flesh turns a little darker there at the wound. He's still up. Okay. I'm going to... My, I'm not going to... I cannot kick him with my leg, but I'll punch him. Okay. So I rolled a 27. God damn. Yeah, that hits. Nine damage. Okay. You punch him in the chest, and he stumbles just for a brief moment. He looks at his arm, and he like rubs his chest and says, Yeah, I th the leg... The leg's good enough. You can keep your head for now. And he's going to try to knock you down by swinging the sack with your leg in it right at your face. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> he crit. Damn it. So you get hit with your own leg in a sack and take a fall. And he turns and runs out the door with your leg. <laughs> the other guy's still out, right? Oh, yeah. The other guy's knocked out. He's not coming back for his friend. Can I, is there any way to secure him? Yeah, I think he would have had a small bit of rope or something like that on him. Okay. Um, these guys are thieves after all, so yeah. So I would like to tie him up and be all I can do. Okay, yeah, you tie him up, no problem. Is there anything else you want to do with him? I mean, the only other thing I can think of is, no, nah, I think we're good. Okay, so you're just going to leave this scene with you missing a leg and Hidalgo tied up? Yeah, I don't see what my options are. I don't know. Leaving it up to you. I mean, I guess oh. I could try to chase him, but... Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I wouldn't leave. Sorry, Nate. Go I ahead. totally forgot. Wait, you called for help, right? I did. Yep. 
Okay, yes. I'm just making sure I'm thinking of the right scene. Yeah, at this point, a guard comes rushing in nice. from the Driftwood house, and he looks at you and looks at the tied-up person, and just like, oh, uh, what, how did they even get in here? What's going I on? I don't know, but the other one got my leg. <laughs> um, do you want it back? Please. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see what we can do. Um, do you got this? He like motions to the guy on the ground, to Hidalgo. Um, he's out, but you should probably, you know, do whatever to do with um detain, question, sentence. Yeah. Sure. All that. Just uh just theft then? Assault, battery, attempted murder, <laughs> probably all that. Oh, I love the idea of Darwin complaining of attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He looks at you and he's like, Well, yeah, I guess you are missing a leg after all, but Okay, okay. We'll throw the book at him. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, and yeah, he will haul Hidalgo out of here. Good, good. Uh, anything else, Nate? No, I think that's it. Okay. <sighs> Aranus. Bring it on. Don't say that. I already feel bad. It's going to happen anyway. I failed all three times, so let's do this. This has been a very trying demanding moment for you this time attuning to this tether seeing these people come to you some more selfishly than others but knowing that things are not getting better and you come to in this portal room one last time and standing in front of you is sicarius who's tending to you just doing like the the cleaning and applying bombs and salves your bodies have been holding up remarkably well over this time, somehow. But she was tasked with watching over you, making sure you stay healthy. And that's what she's doing. And behind her is your mother. And your mom is not looking good. The withering scars from before are still there on her face. But the skin outside of that is drawing more taut. The desiccation and the ossification are really settling in on her. And she slowly, somewhat like hiding the pain, walks up to you as Sicaria steps back. And your mom places a hand on your face. And she says, Aranus, I hope you can hear me. I can hear you. <sighs> Good. I, I wanted you... I wanted to know that you heard this. I have been prideful and foolish and wrong in so many ways. I should have reached out to you sooner. And now I feel like, I feel like my time is almost up here. Sicarius has done her best to keep me well, but there's nothing that stops this withering. I wanted to come here and tell you how wrong I was and to apologize and I want you to come back not now not for me I want you to come back for your sister to help take care of each other when I'm gone please don't hold it against her she never knew this is all my fault I only hope that you can forgive me with time 
Sicarius looks shocked at this information, and your mother just holds a hand on your face, and you see the tears coming down, streaking down the bone of the withering, and she just rests her forehead on your shoulder. Uh, I'm, um, I'm not sure what to say, um, or what you're expecting. Uh, thank you. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry I was mean to you. Um, now I guess you know why. Um, I don't know how much longer we're going to be gone. Um, and you probably won't be there when we get back. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry I never got to really know you. I'm sorry too. You are so strong and so much like your father. <laughs> and your mother stays put right there. Sicarius rushes forward and wraps her arms around both of you. And you see like this, like she's tearful, like she's very sad to see her mother like this, to see your mother like this. and. But you see a smile on her face, and she's, like, very pleased to have a sibling, to have someone else, to have family. And she steps back for a moment and places a hand on your mother's shoulder. Mom, I I wish I would have known earlier, but I'm so glad to know now. And your mom doesn't move. And Sicarius just weeps um I'll be back as soon as I can and with that we'll bring this chapter to a close but the story will always continue thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support if you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Tucker Tuttle and Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 Governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at ArtByVanessaB. And thanks to Daryl Dibber-Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at DibberMusic.com and on Twitter at DibberMusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.